Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Zarin. Hey, Elizabeth Dutton. You know what's ridiculous? Yeah, I do, actually. Do you know if you tried one new Coca-Cola product every day, it would take you nine years to try them all? Wait, Coca-Cola, like, are you talking about... Coca-Cola, the... Beverage company. So, but any of the like just waters the beverage, or whatever. Yeah, they're various. They make more than thirty five hundred different beverages. My stars, that's a lot. Yeah, I had no idea. That's just straight up ridiculous. I kicked Diet Coke not too long ago. Did you? Congrats. Yeah, I used to drink a lot of it, and it's been a couple months, and I what, haven't had any. What are you onto? Water. Ah, oh, that stuff. I only drink water and iced coffee now. Hmm. You know. Running clean. Well, you know, yeah. Okay, let me tell you something else that's ridiculous. All right, lay it on me. Chasing 19th century clout and conning the public by pretending to be a princess from an imaginary island. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> me too. This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. So, Zaren, I have a question for you. Yeah. Shoot. Have you ever told a significant lie about yourself to other people? <laughs> have I ever? <laughs> uh, in fact, one of my best friends, I made our like our friendship was made based on a lie. Really? Yeah. So what happened was... 
who is uh, orientation in college. It was like the first day of like, orientation, and, and there's this bus that they're just loading students on. They go, we'll take you down to the beach and have like the whole thing. So I'm like, cool, I'll roll onto the beach. You know, I love beaches. So yeah, I get you on do. The... Yeah, you do, moondogging. <laughs> so I get on this bus, moondogging it up, and uh, I see this, all these really hot Spanish girls at the back of the bus and a bunch of Spanish dudes. They're all like also hot if you're into Spanish dudes, right? <laughs> so just a bunch of attractive Spaniards are in the back of this bus. And there's one dude, this Korean dude, sitting there in a Chicago Cubs hat talking in Spanish to them. Now, I understand enough Spanish to get around, but not enough to really do my thing. So I went up and told him, hey, man, are you from Chicago? He's like, yeah. And so I then told him I was from Chicago and we bonded <laughs> over that. So that way I could go and talk to all those hot Spanish girls and by hanging out with him. And we went down to the beach and we all partied together and it worked out great. He and I became the best of friends. Did he ask you what neighborhood you were from or no. what high school you went oh, to? Oh, yeah. I, I know Chicago well enough that I could like name high schools and stuff. Because, Wait, you could name high schools in Chicago? Yeah, like New Trier High. Yeah, I knew like plenty. Huh. And Lincoln, yeah, Lincolnwood. I, yeah, anyway, so. That's disturbing for Thank some you. Reason. I just listened you know, to stories. I I had all these details. Anyway, he meets my mother for the first time. What's his first question? Hey, what part of Chicago do you live in? And I was like, oh, right. I forgot I'd ever tell him. So that's when he found out the truth. Oh. My mother said, we never lived in Chicago. And he looked at me like with darts in his eyes. So how long was this from the bus ride to the reveal? Uh, probably 10 months. Wow, that's a long time yep. to keep oh, that I didn't really, you know, I wasn't committed to it, so I didn't, like, I'd forgotten Did all about it. Did you talk like, the bears? No. I, oh, I, I, that's I, the That would have been the fun part. If I would do it again, I would definitely be like, oh. Okay, all right. Lying is fun. Well, we've all done that. We've all kind of painted ourselves as someone else, right? Yeah, sure, you especially know. when we're young. Oh, yeah, totally. And we exaggerate, we fabricate. So, like, people on their resumes. Mm, yes. Why do we do that? I'm dude? good at Excel. <laughs> Proficient at Excel. Proficient. But, like, why do we do that? We do that to make ourselves more interesting mm -hmm. or to get further in life with the Or resume. to avoid questions. So we think about people who don't tell the truth or who exaggerate. Mm -hmm. And I think a really good example of that is a, a lady named Mary Wilcox. Mary Wilcox. Mm -hmm. Is that with an X? No. W-I-L-L-C-O-C-K-S. Oh, Stop. I'm, I'm going to stop yeah, you right I didn't, there. I didn't say a thing. So Mary was born, she was born in 1791 in England, in a little village in Devonshire, just north of Exeter. Is this making any No, sense but is anywhere close to Frogwell? Oh my gosh, it's like right <laughs> near Frogwell. Super close to Frogwell. She's really eccentric, prone to depression. She's oh. a rad little kid, right? <laughs> And but you know the, Good time, girl. the thing is is that she's not rich. She's, you know, her dad's a cobbler and her, her mom spins wool. And she also the mom like weeded cornfields or something or wheat fields. Hmm. I don't think they had corn. So like English peasants, village style, yeah. one makes shoes, one Right. Her. And here she's eccentric and prone to depression. But I think the only the rich are allowed to be eccentric. Yeah, especially in England. Yeah. Anywhere, then you're kind of otherwise you're looked down upon, but you get to be weird. Oh yeah, no. If you're rich. Yeah, if you're rich, you're eccentric. If you're poor, you're crazy. Right. So, but she wants more in life. You mm -hmm. know, like she sees the world in a different way. She's this crazy wanderlust. She just wants to see the world, which really was not open to her at that time. Yeah, it's difficult if you're stuck in Devonshire in 1791. Correct. Okay. Yeah, that's when she came into this world. Mm -hmm. But she she kind of figures out how she can navigate that world. And make it interesting for her. She learns how to read, 
which was a big deal then for Were someone of her. women to read? And no, and like peasants and, you know, it just wasn't, yeah. it wasn't something that was sort of on offer. I, I would imagine. I um, she also learned how to swim and that was a big deal. Hmm. You know, they preferred their, their poor people drowning in those <laughs> days. <laughs> and so she gets a gig as a servant. Okay. That makes total sense. You can see that happening. And next door to where she is working, there's this Jewish family. And first she befriends their servant, and then she befriends the whole family. And they um, they teach her how to write, and they teach her all in this— In Hebrew or in, or in English? In English. Oh, okay. But they teach her—also, they teach her the Hebrew alphabet. That's dope. And they teach her all this really cool stuff, the Jewish diet. And they just sound like this really neat family that is just— Gets along with everybody. That's cool. Um, she gets fired from her gig, though. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. she's not, she's a little bit flaky. You know, she's kind of a daydreamer. Uh, and so after she's fired, she gets arrested because she stole a piece of cloth, as you do. This is going downhill fast. Yeah. And she's starting to get more and more desperate. She dresses herself like a man and gets a job as a footman. Oh, like on the back of like a Like carriage? a servant, Yeah. yeah. And uh, one night she's in this snowstorm and she's trying to make her way back to where she works, the home where she works. And she's all wet and cold and like shivering. And they take her in and they go to help her change out of her clothes. And they're like, that's not a man. <laughs> so she, <laughs> She's not stopping them. She's so cold. She's, she's like, so cold. Me. She's like chattering at her teeth. And she's trying to like, I did it. Don't take my clothes off. And then they like strip her down thinking it's just going to be some dude. No. So then she gets fired again. <laughs> and right around that time, she then gets married. But it's... Wait, what? <laughs> well, I mean, you she's have working she has limited a, options. A and then also... Oh, it's not a love marriage. Okay. Yeah. She I, gets married. She only mar She's only married to the guy for nine months. And she has a kid. So what that makes me think is that that's why she got married. Yeah, gotcha. So she has a kid. Uh, she marries a guy whose last name is Baker. And so she becomes Mary Baker. Mm. Keep this in mind. Okay. Um, <laughs> taking notes. Taking notes. Are you getting, are you, okay, good, you're writing it down. She has to give the kid up because she's so broke and, you know, the guy splits. Um, the kid passes away not long after oh, he's given up. So it's just like a really hard luck story. Mm -hmm. She starts just sort of moving around. She makes her way up to Bristol, which is north of where she was from, near Wales. And she gets lodging with this woman named Mrs. Neal. Okay. And do I need to remember that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you do. <laughs> she gets she's, lodging with a woman named Mrs. Mrs. Neal. Mrs. Neal. Now she's totally desperate to go to America. That's her absolute dream. And in the meantime, she's entertaining Mrs. Neal's kids by making up languages and stuff like that. And one day she's down at the docks. And she sees these French women women down by the docks. I don't know what they were doing. Yeah, that seems weird. Weird place for French women. French women longshoremen. The Bristol coastline down by the docks. Okay. Yeah, they're just you know hanging out, yeah. vibing, just getting some chowder. <laughs> so they, were, they were there for the chowder. Um, but Mary notices that they're getting all this attention. Now I think I know why they're getting yeah, the attention. I think these are professionals. But in Mary's view, she's like, "Oh, they're so exotic. They're so interesting." Mm -hmm. And she sees all the attention they get, so she dresses up 
and goes down to the docks and is all, uh-huh, like making up languages and okay. pretending to be French or like speaking <laughs> with a French accent. And she's asking for money and she's getting it. People are like, oh, you're so beautiful and exotic. Here, here's this, a tuppence. Here's, hmm. <laughs> here's a, I don't know what they're giving out. And she's like, I'm going to save up this money to make it to the U.S. of A., this new nation that's out there. Um, so here, this is just building it up, right? If you were in her position, like if you wanted to go somewhere and you had absolutely nothing, what would you do? What do you mean? Like, uh, am I her? Am I a woman in England? Or am yeah, I me in England? Yeah, you're a woman in England. Yeah, it would be a different story yeah, with you in England. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> Black man in England in 1791. I have a very different story. Yeah, it's... Whew, so I'm yeah. like, okay, uh, what am I stealing? And how am I... <laughs> I'm getting to the docks. I'm stealing how a boat. I, how now, am I hiding? Yeah. yeah. So it's just something to think about. Think about what her options were. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to take a quick commercial break. Okay, because I'm going to need to do some math. Yeah, yeah. you're definitely going to. Then we're going to come back and I'm going to let you know how Mary brought the ridiculous. Nice. rant for a sec please pay apps are way too public what happened some rando hearted a payment from five months ago and i realized people can see my entire history who i'm paying like full names it's super weird yeah it's weird how are you paying your friends then apple cash it's all in messages you can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends random people can't see it did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. 
Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Okay, so we're back. Hi. I w- Hi. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I want you to picture this. Okay. It's Thursday, April 3rd, 1817. All right. A woman staggers into Almondsbury, England, into the town square. Mm-hmm. It's Mary, but she's no longer Mary. Okay. How does that work? I'm about to tell you. Okay, thank you. She's wearing all black and a turban. (laughs) Turban? Like she's learned to tie a turban? Completely. Okay. Yeah, she's learned to tie a turban. She's it's very sort of Mrs. Howell from Gilligan's Island in my mind. (laughs) Okay. And so she's got this turban on. It's her outfit is has almost like an Asian styling to it. So it's to she looks way out of place in Almondsbury. Yes. And everyone is talking about her amazing eyebrows. They are on early fleet. They're beautifully arched. I'm imagining them as those 90s really thin, like... Oh, yeah. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're, like... Maybe she just penciled them on, like, wicked heavy. What if she's got, like, Chardé eyebrows that are, like, super high? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's what it is. That's what she's doing. <laughs> but she's also got the, the turban. She's a looker. Oh, is she? She's, okay. Oh, yeah. But she's also tired and hungry. Mm-hmm. And she had, like, a couple coins on her and one of them is a fake sixpence okay which just fun fact at the time counterfeit money um if you had it it could be punishable by death wait just on your person yeah not that you made it or you were known right. to be using it right just, you have it mm-hmm. possession is yeah okay yeah that English, sounds man, that's i know wicked okay we're going so she's so now she's got death. some coins mm-hmm. she has some soap Soap. She has a little piece of soap wrapped up in a cloth and like pinned to her outfit. Is there some purpose? Really? Keep clean. Oh, I mean, yes. I, I <laughs> thought maybe she was like writing on glass. See, we use soap to. Yeah. Keep, yeah she I'm was, sorry. I'm from Hollywood. She, I don't know about soap. She was going around soaping people's windows. That's what she I knows thought. how to write. Exactly. <laughs> and so she, because she's stumbling in and she's really not saying anything and she's just this like disheveled mess. They take her to the house of the county magistrate, and his name is Samuel Worrell. Okay. Don't worry about him. And the county magistrate is basically the old school sheriff. 
Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I suppose also like the the lawyer. He's the law of the land. Okay. Uh, so he and his wife have this Greek servant who speaks all these languages. And none of them, none of the three of them can understand what she's saying. Hmm. She's like, bala la shabaladu. And they're like, oh, that doesn't, hmm, hmm. What, can you? Uh, keep you know, going. Is that keep Turkish? Going. So they finally figure out that her name is Caribou. Okay. But not like the animal. Like C-A-R-A-B-O-O. So it's like the heart. My, the boo of my heart. <laughs> so she's like pointing at herself all caribou, caribou. I'm like, oh, whatever you say, lady. And everyone is trying to decode what she's saying. So like travelers come through, they're sending out messages like, send us your language experts. And people show up, they're like, I don't know what she's saying. This is, this is wild. <laughs> she becomes like a challenge. Like Totally. Okay. She's the she's the local puzzle. Finally, this Portuguese sailor comes to town, which like, you know. I suppose happens. Yeah, as one does. And he says, "Oh, I can I can figure out what she's saying. It's not a pure language. It's a mix. It's some from the coast of Sumatra and other kind of isles from the east." Hmm. And she tells him that she's from an island called Javasu. Okay. And that she was abducted by pirates. Mm-hmm. And that she jumped overboard <laughs> and swam to shore. Okay. And there she is. She's okay. So she's in Java. Java Sioux. Java Sioux. Sorry, Java Sioux. Speaking her weird language. She's Mm -hmm. abducted by pirates. The Mm -hmm. pirates then take her somewhere to the Atlantic, where she jumps overboard. I would hope so, unless it's like five miles off the coast of Java (laughs) Sioux, and she's one of those like long distance swimmers. (laughs) Yeah. So basically, she's had to cross the either around like the Cape of Africa, South uh, Cape of Good Hope, South Africa, and then you come back up around the top, and then Mm, she's got to get up like trade winds, cross the equator and then like got all the way up to england that's like heck of a journey she's had a journey yeah that's impressive her and then at the end of that she's like you know what i'm getting off this boat (laughs) but i've got my soap (laughs) and i've got my phony coins okay so she she that's how she said now were she and the portuguese sailor in on this that's what i'm wondering he's like the shill if he's like oh no i can understand like if he's saying she speaks this mix of languages mm -hmm. i don't know he sounds fishy have you ever seen ishtar Yes. There's a scene where Dustin Hoffman is doing the fake language and Warren Beatty comes down and he like, pretends he understands him. Right. That's what I'm That's picturing. That's going on. Yeah. It's and, very and I think that she looked like Warren Beatty and he looked exactly like Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> in the in the like the lithograph in my head of this. Well, Warren Beatty was wearing a turban, so <gasps> boom. Wait, is that her life story? Um so she he probably was running his own con, the Portuguese. He probably wasn't even a Portuguese sailor. Yeah. He's just, you know. He's from Devonshire. Yeah, and he's just pretending. So but the thing is, is that everyone has this like hunger for the exotic, right? They want to have this interesting person that's come into their little village life. And the Worrells, the magistrate and his wife, mm-hmm. are skeptical, but they decide, you know what? We're all in. We believe her. This is great. We've got this weird oddity in town. Think, too, that this is like, the, this is the Georgian era. What does that mean? I mean, yeah. I know what it means, but what, what does it mean? <laughs> well, I think what's more important is also the Romantic era when you're talking about literature and the arts, the mm-hmm. romanticism. The, so the the writers and poets of the day, Wordsworth, Shelley, Blake, Keats, Byron. Mm-hmm. The Romantic? Okay. Huge influence. That's, yeah. Those are the Romantic poets. Um, and they... They think that deep feelings are the most real thing, more than reason. Mm-hmm. And 
everything is sort of pastoral. And they also, there's like a huge lean on Orientalism. Oh, right. Yeah. In the yeah. Romantic era. So you have like Samuel Taylor Coleridge's uh, Kublai Khan, mm-hmm. super heavy on the Orientalism. And it becomes really, you know, big thing with the public. There's always all these exotic settings, supernatural, exotic, extravagant events, the characters, all this other stuff, right? So keeping that in mind of what's kind of the the zeitgeist of the time, Mm -hmm. Mary slash Caribou starts telling people she was born in China. And I guess she's using her made-up language to convey this. She says she was born in China. She says her dad is named Jesu Mandu. Oh, totally. He's a nobleman. Yeah, naturally. Yeah, super Chinese name. Yeah, no one ever says, like, my dad was a farmer. It's always, like, <laughs> always, yeah, just like when people are reincarnated, it's yeah. always, yeah. And um, she said her mom was a Malay woman, and she the, her mom was killed in a fight between cannibals. <laughs> between yeah, two cannibals were fighting, and all yeah, of a sudden she tried to stop it, it was, and then lost it, her I life and became I feel like she had, like, a pirate adventure romantic era um, refrigerator magnet set. Yeah, she's just throwing and up she's just stuff. throwing up. She's all cannibals, pirates, pirates, cannibals, Chinese noblemen. <laughs> now, this is also, this is this English woman. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she's passing for Chinese. Well, I mean, I guess if you don't travel much, you wouldn't know what Chinese look like. Very so you're going to be like a little bit like, oh, well, this is, must be yeah, Chinese. I guess, yeah, she said so. But here's some other stuff, right? So we know she knows how to read, Right. She knows the Hebrew alphabet. She knows how to swim. She's also a really good fencer. Wait, why, I, <laughs> why is she, where is she getting epee lessons? Like, I don't know. Okay. So she's a fencer. Mm-hmm. She can use a bow and arrow. Natural, of course. Well, right. I, I'm sure. not even going to question anything anymore. Sure. So, I mean, these, this is the thing is that you're, you see this woman and she's telling these crazy stories, but at the same time, she's got these mad skills. These crazy skills. Yeah. I'm with it. So it's like what you can believe her. You know? Yeah. Like, she's really into skinny dipping. <laughs> okay, who is it? You know, really? <laughs> she also prayed to this god that she called Allah Tala. <laughs> <laughs> she just always takes something and goes just to the left of it. She's riffing, She's like, I've heard about Allah. What if we doubled up? Allah Tala. Yeah, well, and then Allah Tala. She's like, I don't really know enough about Islam, yeah. so I'll do an Islam adjacent. Exactly. Allah Tala. They stole from our people, but from my people, and they <laughs> took that name. We she were has the first. like this incredible... You know, she's amazing. Grouping of of cultures that she's compiled, I suppose, through her reading. Mm-hmm. But again, how do you know how to fence? But also, this is like what eighteen fifteen or whatever, yeah, eighteen twenty. Yeah, I mean, she's, yeah, she's, there's very little known. There's very few people who could be like, "That's actually not true." Right. But she would challenge people to sword fights, and like apparently, she could fight with a sword in one hand and a dagger in the other. Wait, what? <laughs> She's like fighting pirate style. Yeah, totally. Her. <laughs> and okay. so. Do we then, know if she actually ever was with pirates? No, the timing doesn't work. Yeah. That she, when she walks basically mm-hmm. from Bristol. The, yeah. And then is like, help, help, somebody help. I just washed up on shore. I mean, she shows up like 70 years past the end of the age of piracy. So it's like. Yeah. Maybe an old pirate knew her. I don't know. <laughs> She's like a leftover. It was, it's like, you know, those, the, the guys like in World War II who didn't know the war was over and like they're, a, yeah. They're hanging out in the, like the caves. Totally. So like she's on one of those pirate ships that are just like, <laughs> just they're like, why over. isn't there anything good to, we're lost, man. <laughs> My parrot died. They've been two, drinking their own pee ago. for like a decade. <laughs> Sorry. So <laughs> help me a lot to law. Uh, 
they they keep trying to decode her language because don't forget she still is is acting like she doesn't speak English the whole time whole time and that's so a she, great commitment to a bit yeah so she starts you know what I'm a, I'll write down my language I'm supposing that we've retained the Portuguese sailor this whole time mm-hmm. so he's like let me act as the translator she says she'll write it down so she starts writing down her language they send it off to Oxford. To be like, where where is this from? Help us! And they, the, you know, there's a, a don at Oxford in a robe. He looks it over, and he gives his official verdict. What is it? He calls it humbug. Yeah, nice Oxford. <laughs> you know, they have nothing better to do than sit there and go, uh uh-uh, uh, uh uh-uh, uh, no, Big wrong, nope. big nope. And this news comes back, and people are still like, she's amazing, isn't she? This, <laughs> pi- this so wrong. Chinese pirate queen. She's so convincing. <laughs> So she's acting like she doesn't understand English, and she's eavesdropping on what people are saying about her, so she can kind of know what they're expecting. And, like, someone's like, well, if she is really from that region, she's probably um, not going to drink alcohol. And so she would turn it down. So when they come in and they, like, try and trick her, like, here, have some brandy. And she's, like, in her language, no, no, no. You know, please, no. Allah Tala wouldn't allow it. And so like, oh, well, you know what? She got us. So they're all talking in front of her like, oh, she doesn't understand what we say, but she knows everything. She's also secretly studying these maps of like so that she can point things out. Oh, okay. And people would come with documents and she's like reading them upside down because they think she can't read in English. And she's really sneaky. Then she starts making these appearances in London. They're like sending her off to London as this amazing oddity. And she's getting into the papers and is it's she, getting... Is she doing gibberish talks? Like, oh, yeah, she, completely. So okay. she's like, hala, do do ho, daddy. And the people just clap. And they're like, oh, my God, she's so amazing. And then she like runs around with a dagger and, you <laughs> This know. is better than Hamilton. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> and uh, it doesn't take much. And um, so... She's in the papers, mm-hmm. and she's just, like, getting more and more fame, which you know she's got to love. Mm-hmm. And then Mrs. Neal picks up a newspaper. Remember Mrs. Neal? Oh, yeah. You told me to remember her. Yeah. Did you? I did. I did remember okay. Mrs. Neal. Check your notes. <laughs> so Mrs. Neal reads about her uh-huh. and is like, you know what? I'm going to Bristol. That little bee. I'm going down yeah, there. She's just like, she's. All, I'm sure that she's like all mesmerized by this story and then sees a picture of her and is like, no, 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 no. That's not caribou. No, 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 no. Load up, everybody. She calls her footman. Load up. And off they go. So the jig looks to be up. That caribou, caribou has no idea that Mrs. Neal has made. Been oh, yeah. Anywhere. There's no way she can know that. Yeah. So she's just, you know, doing some light knife, knife fighting in the yard and skinny dipping and doing her thing. And here comes Mrs. Neal. Galloping. But maybe she's on lone horseback. She didn't load up a carriage. Yeah. Just like she's cut, just listen like, her teeth. Just. <laughs> She put her pocketbook on and just <laughs> got on the horse. Put on her good heels. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to leave you with that tension of Mrs. Neal racing to Bristol. And think about that. And then we're going to take a short commercial break. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. 
It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, as I was saying, Mary slash Princess Caribou. My girl. Doing her thing. Mm-hmm. You know, she's naked in a lake. <laughs> and misses, so then she dries off and re, reapplies her arched eyebrows, mm-hmm. ties up her turban. Tucks away her dagger. Yeah. Oh, I, the other thing, too, is that, like, she was following, like, a vegetarian diet, which freaked people out then. Oh, of course. You know, because yeah. meat's such, like, a, a yeah. you know, commodity of, like, it's a good thing. Yeah, you can get how can it. you live without it? And she really liked curries and stuff. Really? Yeah. So that was another thing. We're like, oh, she, you know. So anyway, so she's just like eating a bowl of curry, some lentils. She's like, pop down just, to the kebab shop. I just want to know. <laughs> she just got out of the lake. Mrs. Neal walks into the house. Oh. And let's pretend she just kicked the door in. <laughs> yeah. And she says, ah, Mary, why are you here? Wait a minute. She has all this time and that's her entry line? I mean, you got to come, come on, on that was Neil. I thought that was stone cold. Really? You don't uh, wanna, you Mary, don't... why are you here? Ah, uh, Mary, why are you here? That's how I read it. Okay. And she has an American accent. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. It just seems like I would be like thinking about that line the whole way down Oh, yeah, there. she was. And she just honed it. Mm-hmm. Her eyes narrowed when she said it. <laughs> down to thin slits. Ah, uh, Mary. Judgmental. Why are you here? There's so many ways that you can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why are you here? Why are you here? You can do that whole Why exercise. Why are you here? Why are uh, any of us here, Mary? Mary. Ah, <laughs> uh, the French. Ah, uh, the French. Mary comes clean because Stone Cold Mrs. Neal came in, squinted at her, said, sounding exactly like Clint Eastwood, Why are you here? And Mary's like, okay, fine, fine. She starts speaking English. Everyone's just agog. Like their eyes went out of their faces on springs. (laughs) They're just like, what? People people are running around, little kids' hair caught on fire. People jumping out of windows. Yeah. Strangers running into each other, catching fire. It was chaos. Pandemonium. Cats and dogs living together. (laughs) Everything comes crashing down for Mary Caribou. And the poor townspeople, their worlds. Or does it? Oh! Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so now everybody knows that Princess Caribou is a fraud. Okay. And everything is exposed. Mrs. Neal's like, oh, no, she's not a princess. Her dad's a cobbler. Oh, no, her mom picks, you know, weeds out of a wheat field. She was once arrested for stealing a piece of cloth. Miss Neal, petty as... Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so... You know, everything's exposed. And what do you think happened? What what do you think happened to Mary at that point? The charming Portuguese gentleman returns to the story, whisks her away, puts her on her fishing vessel, and they go down to the coast of the Iberian Peninsula and live happily ever after eating much better food. That with you know what Mary would have <laughs> Mary would have really liked that. Oh, okay. Um, I'm an no. optimist. Yeah, but see, it's not as not as bad as you think it'll be. Okay, good. Instead of having this blame and calling her a fraud, everyone feels really bad for her. They pity her. 
You're like, oh, oh man. Did not see that coming. She Her life was so terrible. She had to make all this stuff up. This poor little, you know, sprite <laughs> princess caribou. And the press, the precursor to the Daily Mail, mm-hmm. they're like, this is awesome. This is amazing. And they find it super amusing and entertaining. Mm -hmm. So they're writing all these pieces about how she pulled one over on all the rich people. And she's, she's so talented. Cause I mean, let's face it. She does have all these crazy skills, Mm -hmm. Um, but they love, they love that so many people fell for it. It was just like it, it, they looked at the people who fell for it as the idiots yeah and she was she was a smart one who got one over on everybody so it's kind of a comeuppance for the rich that everybody enjoys yeah Yeah. and the press is like you know what you guys were all asking to for this to happen because you're so caught up in how magical and exotic things are and you want the latest weird stuff in your life well this is what happens yeah so she's she's unscathed right so she has you know all of her benefactors in england that have been parading her around and you know, treating her to all this stuff, um, they decide that they are going to help her reach her lifelong dream. Do you remember what her lifelong dream was? Yes, I do. Ooh, ooh, I got this one. Yes, Zarin. Uh, um, okay, long-time <laughs> listener, first-time caller. She wanted to go to America. Correct. America. Yes. She, like, she wrote the song that Neil Diamond would later record. We're coming to America. Exactly, the very same. Uh, think about it, though, is like, Today we've just gone Sorry. through the war. <laughs> just gone through the war of eighteen twelve. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, fighting the British. Yeah, and she's like, "Get me out of here!" Like, I'm gonna go there. Mm-hmm. They'll love me there. So they put her on a ship to America with three chaperones. Three, three chaperones. Yeah, like, are they more like minders or they're chaperones? They're three religious ladies. Oh, I guess they're just there to make sure she doesn't wild out in America. Huh. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. So I've she, never been chaperoned. I don't know how it goes. Well, or by three religious ladies, no less. Well, you don't know about that. <laughs> so this is in June of 1817. Okay. Now remember, when did this first all go down? Uh, Did eight, we, you said you were taking notes. Yes, yes. Uh, she was born in 1791, 1815, I think, is when she was going. No? What? April of 1817. 17. So they put her on Couldn't a... read my own writing. They put her on a boat to America in June of 1817. So this all takes place in a couple months. <laughs> she only got away with it for two months. <laughs> but it was the best two months. So... She she gets to America and she goes to Philadelphia. Ah, city of brotherly place. love. Exactly. Yeah. So she's all caribou takes Philly. Um, she was not much of a success there. Philly's a tough city, tough tough it town. I mean, they, they throw batteries at people. Is that where they have? Where's Gritty? Yeah, that's yeah. He's the, the that mascot for the no for the Philly Flyers. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So maybe she tried to perform in an early Gritty costume and. <laughs> It just all went. I think Philly has just always been a really tough town. It's a pretty amazing town. Oh, it's great. I love it. But it's, it's I'm saying it's a town. Everything that New York thinks about themselves, Philly is. Yeah. They they are actually walking the walk yeah. in Philly. And their pizza's better. And Jill Scott's from Philly. Jilly from Philly. Yeah. There you go. So here's Princess Caribou taking the stage. She's not really a financial success. She's just this weird oddity that people are like, why did I pay to see this woman? <laughs> Like shadow box, you know, a pirate. I don't know. It's strange. So that kind of peters out. Then she decides to go to New York. New York City. Get a rope. <laughs> so she writes letters to the folks back home. 
She's complaining about the horrors of celebrity. Right. <laughs> the horrors of celebrity. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, she. we know that she does not have a really strong relationship with the truth. Mm-hmm. So she goes over there and no one's really, you know, lauding her. And she's this kind of sideshow act. But I love that she's writing home like, oh, my God. I Oh, Allah Tala, I am dogged by my fans. My fan base is just really strong. And I've been picturing her as Angelina Jolie this whole time, and I think it works. Yeah, okay. You know, just like the, the personality, the way she's like, I'm an eccentric, and like, I don't belong here, so I'm going to speak a made-up language. And then yeah. she goes to New York and goes, I hate the celebrity. Yeah, I wish they would leave me alone. And they're like, who? Yeah. yeah. It's like the people who talk about their haters. Mm-hmm. And no one even knows who they are. Yeah. I love I love when people do that. I love like, that for you. You know, thank you. I'm like, I don't want to listen to the haters. You're like, people have no idea who you are or what you're doing. So that's you kind don't of, even have dislikers. Yeah, Caribou was she was on that on that vibe back then. So she wears out her welcome in New York because no one cares. She goes back to England. No one cares. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, especially for someone like her. But she decides to you know just live her life. So she is reformed. She's no longer Princess Caribou. She's back to being Mary. And she's still Mary Baker? Mary Baker, Uh yeah. And she marries a really nice guy, has a baby girl. Hmm. Baby, you know, grows up, thrives. Um, She spends the rest of her life doing a job. Okay. And take a guess. If you're a former Javasu princess uh-huh. who knows how to fight pirates mm-hmm. in swordplay. And I'm good and close with a knife. Mm-hmm. For close-up work. Yeah, I would say uh, my next job is probably going to be giving guided tours of the mermaids off the coast. That's close. That's uh. close. She uh, she sells leeches <laughs> for the rest of her life. <laughs> to like surgeons? Or just yeah. Like, to, I need something to bleed to this the boy. the infirmary, yeah. But you know what the thing is? I... In my mind, uh-huh. my imagined detail is that she gathers the leeches by skinny dipping oh, in stagnant God. water. <laughs> and then she gets out and is like, peel them from my body. <laughs> come on, dude. No, I'm not going to come on with that. You <laughs> just on, made me join picture up. someone join skinny up. dipping and then a bunch of like leeches were attaching themselves to her body. Like, no. no. Yeah, well, anyway. Um, what is this, Japanese anime? She went from having, being like the local novelty to making her way to America and making it into the papers and such. Mm-hmm. Comes back, lives this life of anonymous leech mongering and she got buried in an unmarked grave so we can't even go lay some leeches on her headstone but that's the story of princess caribou it's a heck of a story there's an interesting in in september of 1817 so she'd already hoofed it back to to england by then Mm -hmm. this there's a newspaper in newburn north carolina that ran this little piece i'm going to read it to you okay it's it's such a typical sentence structure of that time. It meanders. It takes its time to hear. Oh, okay. Are you going to read it in like an accent? No. Come on. <laughs> it's from North Carolina. I could do that, but I'm not going to. So, the bubble witch during the last five or six weeks has formed a rich theme for the ridicule of every person who deserves credit for an ordinary share of common sense has at length burst. Miss Caribou, who talked heathen Greek, swam like a fish, dived like a duck, worshipped the sun, flourished a dagger, and ate curry. And they italicized curry in the paper. (laughs) 
proves to be neither more nor less than plain Mary Baker, the erratic child of honest parents in the humble village of Witheridge in the county of Devon. Hmm. So I thought that sums it up really nicely. Like here, you know, all these people who should have common sense and be like, this, her story is totally illogical. They got caught up in it. She has all these skills, but she's just plain old Mary Baker. The curry eating, sun worshiping, <laughs> dagger flourishing, duck diving, duck fish diving. swimming, heathen Greek speaking, <laughs> queen. Mary. So she had a good six-week run, and I really hope it gave her a lifetime of good memories. Oh, yeah. You know? I respect her charlatan game. <laughs> What's your ridiculous takeaway here? Um, don't go swimming to attract leeches. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you have to dive off a pirate ship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if you get offered a chance on a pirate ship, don't jump off. Don't jump off. Just stay on. Yeah. She could have had—well, she didn't actually— What's your ridiculous takeaway? Um, you know, Joan Didion said, we tell ourselves stories in order to live. Oh, it's one of my favorite quotes ever. Same. And so we want life to be, you know, interesting, exciting. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we know that they're just stories that we tell ourselves. And But believing those lies makes us feel better. See, it's like I said, lying is good. No harm, no foul on that one. <laughs> tell me beautiful lies. <laughs> tell me lies. Tell me sweet little lies. Sorry. That's beautiful. Keep going. No. Not. Um, <laughs> we both want me to stop. <laughs> you can find us online at, at Ridiculous Crime on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you have a tip about a ridiculous crime that you'd love to hear us yammer about, or if you want to tell us about a ridiculous crime that you've committed, please email us at ridiculouscrime at gmail.com. So we will see you next time. And uh, take care of yourselves, liars. <laughs> and be good to each other and lie pretty to each other. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zarin Burnett, produced and edited by Crown Prince Dave Couston. Research is by Countess Marissa Brown. The theme song is by Sir Thomas Lee and Travis Dutton, fourth Duke of Flavortown. Executive producers are Captain Ben Bolin and Admiral Noel Brown. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's of kid treatment. 
Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 